Well, we're less than two weeks away from December 25th, so I want to ask to you, what makes Christmas Christmas? You know, maybe you've got that picture-perfect image of the evergreen forest with the softly falling snow and the picturesque glowing little house tucked away, the Christmas tree visible in the window. But not many of us find ourselves in that place, and it's pretty rare these days for it to actually snow on Christmas around here. You know, maybe it's the food, the turkey, the stuffing and cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie for dessert. But that's also pretty much traditional for Thanksgiving here in Niagara, and I know that many of us have had Christmas dinners in other countries that have looked a lot different than that. Like grilling on a charcoal barbecue with watermelon for dessert, like that works too. And hopefully the thing that most makes Christmas, Christmas for you, I mean, isn't time spent close together with extended family who you don't get to see very often because, I mean, you know, 2020. Well, Carrie and our family ministry team have helped us out this year with the Advent candles and devotions, helping to lead us into a place of focus on celebrating the Advent, the coming of Jesus. Within that, there's a specific emphasis on the themes of hope, peace, love, and joy. I mean, they're familiar themes for us at Christmas that we may even see written in some of our other decorations around the house and on ornaments on the tree at this time of the year. And this is a time when we're reminded that with the coming of Jesus, people in his time and place were given the hope that systems of oppression that they were living under would be dismantled, that they would experience the peace of being seen and joined in their suffering and feeling that they were loved and not alone, and the joy of knowing that change in an unmanageable reality is here and that more change is actually coming. The comfort and familiar warmth of the Christmas season in its various modes and expressions that we enjoy is the reminder that Jesus entering into and changing the story is what's happening here. This is a story of advocacy. Someone pretty close to the situation said this poetically about the first Advent season, knowing that Jesus was coming. They said, my soul gives glory to the Lord. My spirit delights in God, my Savior. He's taken note of me. Even though I'm not considered important, from now on, all people will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me. His name is holy. He shows his mercy to those who have respect for him, from parent to child, down through the years. He's done mighty things with his powerful arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their deepest thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. But he's lifted up people who are not considered important. He's filled with good things, those who are hungry. But he has sent away empty, those who are rich. Now this was from Mary, who's about to give birth to Jesus. And Mary's take, as a young, unwed, soon-to-be mother, living in a place dominated by an oppressive foreign power, forced to leave town, only to find out that there was a lack of housing, and be forced to give birth in a stable without her family around, and then have to move to a foreign country for her family to survive. I mean, Mary had some thoughts about what the coming of Jesus meant. He was coming to work for justice and bring about the systemic change that she deeply wanted to see. Now, this wasn't an easy move for Jesus himself to make this happen. As our lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer, taught us two weeks back, fundamental to the character of Jesus, fundamental to the Christmas season, is letting go of privilege to identify with people who have been oppressed and marginalized. Jesus spent his privilege by coming down to earth. In a letter instructing a community of Christians how to live like Jesus and encouraging them, the Apostle Paul wrote, 
and your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus personified advocacy itself by using his privilege as the Son of God to come to earth to change systems that were robbing people of hope and of peace and of love and of joy so that they could experience these things. Now, two weeks ago, Jeff used the analogy of a river, of if we see someone struggling to stay afloat down a river, we need to intervene to help them to get to shore. But what happens when we see more and more people floating by? I mean, our Southridge community is doing a lot of this type of work right now here in Niagara. We're working to help people in crisis. For example, people struggling in the river of homelessness. Helping our friends experiencing homelessness is so necessary. But this can't be the end of the story. It's not sustainable. People who are working to help someone who is drowning can often be pulled under themselves. And our Southridge Shelter staff are certainly feeling this right now as they face the crisis of homelessness directly and more intensely than ever before. Now, what we need at the same time as this type of work is people who are willing to go upstream to directly address the systems that are causing people to end up in the river in the first place, to end up in a shelter. And you and I, we need to be the people who are willing to do that work. But what does it look like to go upstream, to more directly address the causes, to prevent these unjust systems from happening any longer? How do we advocate for change? Well, here are four modes or types of advocacy that the incarnation, the coming of Jesus, models for us and challenges us each to participate in. That if we engage in them well, our system changing. The first of these modes is advocacy through awareness. Now, Mary says of God in her song that he has taken note of me. And she's celebrating simply being noticed for what she's going through. Imagine if you can what it feels like to experience injustice, but no one else even notices. Even in the smallest ways, it's vitally important for us as humans to know that injustice against ourselves is being noticed by others. Years ago, I was, uh, I was driving in Niagara-on-the-Lake when I realized that a vehicle coming toward a stop sign on a, si a side road wasn't slowing down and, in fact, was about to accelerate right through it, right at me. And so I swerved so their vehicle wouldn't hit my door directly. And they slammed into the side of my car just behind me and sent me spinning into a ditch. And I ended up in the ditch facing toward where they had ended up in the road. And I saw them jump out of their vehicle furiously. And they raised their finger and they started to yell at me. And I, while I sat there, unable to get my door open, which was crushed shut. And just as they started yelling, another car slammed on their brakes and two people jumped out. And the one person raised their hand and they yelled at the, the person who was yelling at me. And they said, no, you don't. No, you don't. We saw the whole thing. And they looked at me and they said, don't worry, buddy. We saw what happened and we'll testify to the cops. And it was only a moment, and no one was hurt, and there was no injustice that even happened. And, but the relief of having that moment of being seen by somebody else made all the difference. And this isn't remotely comparable to systemic injustices that people in our own community experience, people whose entire lives are being dictated by injustice. It needs to be seen by others. We are those others. It's our responsibility to see, to be aware of the injustice that's happening right here in our community. Like, we need to jump out of our car, like a car that may not have been involved, but is present, or maybe it was involved, and say, wait, I see what's happening, and I'm willing to testify. That has to be us. I mean, for example, do we know what causes homelessness here in Niagara? We may think we know, but until we see and do the work of understanding 
how unjust it is that anyone should be without a home or struggle to remain housed or fed, then we're not aware, we're not able to testify. And what do we really know and understand about migrant farm workers, real human beings, and what they experience here in our neighborhood? How people who are giving up their own lives for their families, doing work that's like, it's also an essential service for our community, how they often feel dehumanized by a system that belongs to us. It's our responsibility. Are we aware of that? And do we know enough of that that we can testify to it? And we've been slowly doing a few things in our uh, Sunday services and behind the scenes in our community to start understanding our Indigenous relatives here in Niagara. Because what do we think that we know about our Indigenous relatives, like really? How they view the Creator and the land and community. And what treaties they made in good faith on this land 250 years ago with white Christian people, a demographic many of us embody, who then didn't honor those treaties and instead took the land that they had promised to the Indigenous community. Our indigenous neighbors to this day are trying to get us as Canadians to honor those treaties and to sit together at a table of friendship to talk. And instead, our system arrests them for being on the land that our system promised them and that our system is now trying to develop without their permission while trying to, well, they try to save it in the hopes that they can have it left for their own grandchildren. How does it feel for them to have the right documentation, the evidence, it's right there and to invite them to sit with them, just to take a look together, to understand together, but to be met often with silence and arrest warrants. I mean, Mary finds the significance in God doing the work of noticing her. God starts by actually being aware of, the, of injustice that people are experiencing, and we need to do the same. Awareness needs to be ongoing, and this is our first necessary step of advocacy. As for the second, and one of the names Jesus is given that we especially refer to at Christmas is Emmanuel, which means God with us. In his actions and in his very name, Jesus shows that to act for justice means to live among the oppressed, to align with the people experiencing injustice. And so our second mode of advocacy is alignment. Jesus' disciple John wrote that Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Another translation says that Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Similarly, we need to enter into the story and be with the actual people experiencing injustice. I mean, this is perhaps the most crucial part of advocacy and something that's core to the heart of Southridge as a church community. To align is to join in what many at Southridge are already doing, living in friendship with our friends experiencing marginalization. As a starting point, we want all of us to get connected. We can do it through our one-on-one -on -one programs in Welland and St. Catharines. And, and with our farm uh, teams and, and connect with our Caribbean friends to actually grow in actual friendship, to be actually aligning ourselves with our friends. And we're just starting to learn how to align with our indigenous community through the friendship centers, through the Six Nations community not too far from here. I mean, it's on us to go out of our way to align with other people where they are. It's this alignment that starts to really move us from our privilege to join with people who have experienced injustice in the way that Jesus modeled for us. In the past few weeks, I was experiencing the real implications of this, sitting outside of a hospital with some incredible members of our Southridge community who were heartbroken at what a friend of theirs was going through inside that hospital. Someone of a very different background in almost every way who'd experienced marginalization in Niagara, but would become a part of their own family. I mean, the extreme pain that they were experiencing was not just theoretical, it wasn't just sort of a theoretical understanding that there are people in our community who are facing massive challenges. 
mean, it was so deeply personal. It hurt them. And it's, it hurt them in a way that's not possible without a real relationship. Like, they've entered into that story, and it's become their own. And our awareness needs to lead to walking in real relationship. And in that, to more closely experience what they're experiencing, to be so aligned that we feel it for ourselves. Now, the third mode of advocacy is advancement. When Mary speaks of God taking note of her, aligning with her through Jesus, Emmanuel, she celebrates that God also advances justice by taking action. She uses phrases like, he has done, he has scattered, he has sent away, he has lifted up, he has filled. Once we're in relationship with our friends, aware of the injustice that they're experiencing, aligning with them in friendship, we need to help them uh, advance. What they show us needs to advance, to change what they're experiencing. This is going beyond recognition of a problem to working together on solving it together. I mean, for our migrant worker friends, we're learning that for them to experience justice, we can respond with them by working to implement better healthcare options in our own church. We can work to advance the cause of permanent residency status so that they can experience the freedoms that should go along with the fact that they live and pay taxes in Canada for most of the year. And we can work with other agencies to centralize resources for our friends and create an actual community hub like we've been working on here in Vineland for our friends to be able to access what they need to be equipped here, uh, to be equipped with here in Canada. I mean, similarly, the housing crisis may seem abstract to us as simply a rise in the cost of homes that we see listed. But for our friends experiencing homelessness or living on low incomes, it's a very real problem that needs to be changed and that change needs to be advanced. We need people to step up and join in them to do something about it learning what methods of housing development can help and how we can walk with our friends to actually find houses and remain housed uh, with community support, how homeowners can leverage their own houses and properties to help, how we can start by alleviating some of their basic costs like food and then working on the next steps that can be taken to help stabilize their living situations. I mean, for our Indigenous community, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission identified 94 calls to action 94 specific ways that we can step up and participate to foster healing by naming truth and working on reconciliation. To be aware and then align needs to lead us to advancing actions that will make a difference in changing communities and systems and negative impacts on our neighbors. And the fourth mode of advocacy, well, Mary celebrates the fact that God has lifted up people who are not considered important. I mean, the twist, of course, is just how important God considers these same people. And sometimes we need to work to use the privilege that we have randomly been fortunate enough to have to use our voices and our time to lift up the people who are experiencing oppression, to remind others how important these people are, how important our community is. We need to do this by helping others to become aware of it, helping people in organizations and governments to realize that they that we all together need to make some changes. And we call this fourth mode activism because that's what activism does. It raises awareness for others so that they can also participate with us. There are stories and names that our community, our government needs to hear. Activism is speaking up to help elevate the voices of our neighbors, naming the injustice that we're seeing and naming the specific ways that only together can we change the systems. 
through our votes, through changed policies, through the agreement of our whole society, that we can do things differently to achieve the different result of everyone being taken care of and having a voice. Now, there are very specific ways that we can do this alongside our friends in the Indigenous community, in the migrant farm worker community, and our friends who are in close proximity to homelessness in various ways. I mean, there's through signing petitions that speak to changes for our friends, through joining peaceful rallies that work to raise awareness so that our local communities will notice, uh, through connecting with our local politicians and telling them what we're seeing alongside our friends, and that we're also valuing, uh, and that we're trying to value what they value, communicating that. Mostly, it's through being responsive to what our friends are valuing and would direct us to participate in. Now, our friends from advocacy organizations who we've been starting to partner with and have been teaching us uh, various things have been helping us to understand that perhaps a better word than advocacy as a whole is actually accompaniment. That when we accompany people on the margins, it's not that we're there standing ahead of them, speaking on their behalf, being the hero as if we know best. It's about walking with them, accompanying them, being with them. And like Jesus shows us, it's as he went out of his way to come to us. All of these acts of advocacy, of accompaniment, are acts of hope, of peace, of love, and of joy. Advocacy, accompaniment, is about living out the purposes of Jesus in our community. And to do so, there are very specific actions that we need to take. And today I'm inviting us to take them. Today, here's how we're specifically going to start this. Follow the link, which you're gonna see on the website, on our website and our social media, to a forum which describes these four modes of advocacy through four areas of advocacy here in Niagara, which we're focused on as a Southridge community. You're gonna spend a minute and click on which of these you need to take uh, so that you can take the next steps in, and our teams are gonna follow up with you for you to be able to take those next steps. Before we close, I have one last specific message for those in our community in our 20s and 30s, and admittedly I say we, but I'm an elder in this group. But there are studies and surveys that show that there's a strong heart for justice among our age group, that we speak openly about how strongly we value advocating for justice. And even in polls done at Southridge, the same thing comes up, which is amazing. We speak openly about this in ways that we feel and maybe in the ways that we post on social media. But when it comes to actually participating in accompanying our friends in this community, only about one in 10 of the people who are connecting relationally in our community are in their 20s or 30s. It's not enough. It's time for us to step up and to advocate with our actions as well as our beliefs and our words through, uh, and, and our words and our social media accounts. As Jeff mentioned in this series, our friends who are experiencing injustice don't have the option of opting out of this. They're in it. And we can't let our own privilege stand in the way of choosing to take action. I wanna see all of us in our 20s and 30s step up today. Start by clicking the link and then take the actual steps of leading our community by being true advocates through true accompaniment. We can do this. Friends, in this Christmas season, let's celebrate Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, who's seen us in our need, has joined us. He's changed systems that would seek to oppress us. And then let's live that out actively, carrying on the work that Jesus calls us to and accompany the people in our community who are still feeling the weight of systems that are still oppressing them. To follow the example of Jesus by living out the true meaning of hope, peace, love, and joy.